Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and today we're so excited that Dr. Christine Cornelius is joining us as a game changer. Susan has nominated Dr. Cornelius, and she's taken some time this morning to join us so we can learn more about the amazing work that she's doing with animals and hospice care and last wishes. So thank you, Dr. Christine, for joining us, and congratulations on your Game Changer Award. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really excited to be here, talk about what we do, and really uh, try to increase awareness of um, all the wonderful things that we're doing currently. Yeah, so back up, me too. And so thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Christine, back up and tell our listeners and audience, of course, you're wildly passionate enough to become a veterinarian. So walk us through uh, how and why you decided to become a vet and then maybe where you went to vet school. But then obviously you graduated and, and then you found this path that has lit a fire in your heart about caring for a special segment of, of animals. So kind of walk us through your evolution as a veterinarian and then a hospice veterinarian. Sure. Okay. Um, well, as a child growing up, um, had a huge interest in both, uh, science and animals and, uh, often found myself very curious, um, in that subject area, paying specific, uh, attention to, you know, the world around us. And so, uh, I actually attended a 4-H meeting when I was in, um, I was a sophomore in high school and realized how much biology and science was involved in veterinary medicine. And uh, at that point, I decided to go ahead and start pursuing my passion. And by the time I graduated high school, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, I wanted to be a veterinarian, uh, and decided to enter a program, got a bachelor's of science degree in biology. Uh, moved on, started uh, a master's program in zoology uh, while uh, applying to vet school. Uh, I wanted to go to vet school at Texas A&M University. I actually grew up and went to college in Iowa. And so mm-hmm. it was a long trek down to uh, the vet school, but uh, entered the program, loved it. I loved everything about it. And um, after graduation, I started working as a general practitioner in Houston, Texas. Uh, from there, I eventually slid into emergency medicine uh, and after about six years, decided that I really wanted to try to increase the quality of euthanasias and the resources that are offered. Uh, found myself as an emergency clinician doing many, many euthanasias uh, and just really had a passion to try to connect and uh, make people feel good about their decisions um, and for them to understand the why uh, and you know, uh, give them you know, some information regarding what causes a pet to struggle and suffer. And so that naturally led me into wanting to provide these services, uh, mainly in the home, uh, just because I feel in a more uh, familiar environment. um, It's more cozy, more private, and uh, just overall really much more convenient for families who love their pets and want the best for them at the end of their lives. 
And so while I was working full-time back at a general practice, I did start my, uh, I started a euthanasia practice called Last Wishes. And eventually, um, you know, started seeing appointments on my lunch hours and after, after hours. And so moved, I got busy enough doing the home euthanasia part of it that I was able to leave my full-time job. Uh, segued into then starting uh, Last Wishes as an in-home euthanasia service. Uh, eventually um, figured out I needed to start providing some palliative care and hospice services as well. There were some people that, um, you know, I came to the house, they were just went, not sure if it was time. And so was able to give them some options and provide some relief uh, as they were trying to take that journey. And so found it really rewarding and uh, decided to grow out of practice in Houston and uh, started adding team members and growing out a team. Um, we do uh, lots of things and includes uh, virtual uh, appointments, consultations, palliative and uh, pain management, euthanasia, and then of course aftercare as well. And so um, that was kind of my, my journey into that and uh, just my, my continued interest in education uh, to try to help other veterinarians learn what we're doing and learn how to do it in their own clinics. Gosh, the services you provide that you provide are invaluable, of course, for a, for a multitude of different reasons, but that whole gift, and I think part of the reason that probably the passion so strong in you is I've never done emergency medicine. I would just, the stress of emergency medicine is just, it would not be good for me at all. But I think when, when you've done that and you've been under that tremendous weight and burden of what ER doctors have to deal with, you have done a lot of heartbreaking euthanasias and rushed and fast. And, and that's kind of the Mack truck scenario where owners or clients are hit with that. You have to make a decision right now. There's nothing I think more traumatic than that. And probably out of that, you probably, I'm assuming, had a really strong desire to be able to do things differently. And you've cultivated this beautiful gift to your clients of if they're ready, you can comfort them and console them and reaffirm to them that it is the correct time. But if not, what an amazing thing that you're offering to kind of provide this, this, this support around the last chapter of an animal's life to where if it's not quite time, you're really focused on improving quality of life and what you can offer and how you can serve your clients and your patients through those last weeks to months. And then afterwards, and it's such an important time. I think it's like the most important time as veterinarians is that time. And it's so, it's so impactful because in your situation, you're not rushed or pressured. You have an opportunity to go at the animal's pace and support your clients. There's all sorts of reasons why I can see this as being just invaluable to the clients that you're serving. I have to ask, have other veterinarians reached out to you and said, listen, this is amazing. Can you help me institute some of this into, into different practices? Yeah. Uh, and specifically, I did some work as a business consultant through the International Association for Hospice and Palliative Care. Um, I helped mentor and guide um, newer practitioners in the field on how to start their services and um, you know, how to, you know, make sure that you're running a financially secure model 
at the same time and be able to provide these wonderful services and the wording that you're using, the education that you provide. And so um, helping a lot of veterinarians just to try to enter this realm of veterinary medicine, um, yeah. which obviously has grown, um, especially the, the last 10 years, yeah. and so a much bigger, better place now. So wonderful. And so, so important. I mean, I think that that's something in veterinary school. I went to, I, I grew up in Iowa as well, went to Iowa state. Uh, I'm thankful. I became a certified euthanasia technician before I was a veterinarian through the vet school and worked at a kill shelter. And so I had a lot of experience with euthanasia prior to becoming a veterinarian. And I believe that that has given me the, op the sad opportunity, but a, I, I entered into vet school knowing how important this time frame was, but I was a little bit overwhelmed in vet school. They taught us how to perform humane euthanasia, but not necessarily everything that's necessary around that time frame to best support our clients and patients. And so I love the fact that you're providing a learning opportunity for other veterinarians because I'm not convinced that we had the best at least maybe Texas A&M did it better than Iowa State, but I did not feel that my classmates necessarily had what I got out of a out of a 10-week course on euthanasia. I think I was much better prepared. I love that you are being a mentor to veterinarians who want to be able to offer better uh, euthanasia services and an end in experience for that last chapter of life. I think that there's a lot of room for not just continued education, but a lot of room for discussion in our practice on how to best meet our clients and patients needs. So I, I appreciate the fact that you're so committed to teaching your peers as well. Are you, um, are you, are you doing both mobile then and in-home services or how do you go about meeting your clients and patients? I can only imagine that the demand is great. And, and although you have a large team, you're in one area. So how are you managing, how are you managing your, your beautiful patients and clientele? So uh, in addition to being mobile and what mobile means is that um, we have a fleet of vans actually that will go out and I've got usually got two or three doctors on duty, Dr. Teens. Um, and so through uh, that, that realm, that's how we um, help those that are wanting mobile services in the home. We also have a hospice center, palliative care center. Mm -hmm. And so that allows clients to bring their pets to us for those people that just don't want those services in the home. They don't want that memory. And so we have two rooms built out like living rooms and they serve for consultations, euthanasia, uh, you know, treatments, laser, acupuncture, those sorts of things. And so we're able to provide that in a clinic setting. Um, it also helps to offset some costs associated with hospice care, which can actually be um, quite expensive over a period of time. And yeah. so to provide um, uh, the same type of care at a lower cost in our center really helps uh, to uh, helps for us to serve more of the community. Yeah. And are you getting referrals from, from veterinarians in your area? I have to assume that you're, it's, it's a blessing for all of your fellow colleagues in your area, that this is your passion. This is what you want to do. I have to assume that you're getting great referrals because this is what you're choosing to focus on kind of as a specialty. Do you have great support from your colleagues? 
Yes, we do. Um, we have a lot of um, primary DVMs that refer to us. We work really, actually, the best thing about it is we work really closely with the primary DVM. We also work with specialty DVMs with their patients, uh, specifically, for example, chronic disease, renal failure, car, uh, congestive heart failure. Uh, obviously, the oncologists um, have been a um, great source of support and help in that arena. And then we're able to kind of manage the case overall, where they're still going to see their cardiologist for imaging, and, and they're still getting radiation therapy from an oncologist. And we're just helping to support the well-being of both the pet and, and yeah. the um, family and be able to support them emotionally through that journey. And I tell you that that the emotional support, I believe, is what has been for me the largest deficit, not only in my veterinary training, but I just believe potentially as a group of professionals, I believe that with human medicine, hospice is something that that comes in earlier and has been, you know, alongside conventional medicine for the last 50 years. Hospice is something that was, I was, I went to vet school 25 years ago and we didn't discuss hospice care in veterinary school 25 years ago. I love the fact that it is becoming commonplace in the conversation, but also within the exam room that veterinarians who don't offer hospice are able to see the incredible value of the emotional support needed and given by veterans like yourself that choose to specifically focus on this critically important last chapter of an animal's life. So I can only imagine that your clients especially are coming out of this incredibly painful period of losing a family member, but with a whole lot less emotional trauma and damage because of the services that you're offering. I have to also assume that that's, I was going to say, what do you appreciate most about this incredibly valuable work that you're doing? From my perspective, there has to be a component of that, that you are so available for the emotional support. So many people have doubts and concerns and second guesses, or they have guilt and anxiety. And your role as the supporting and undergirding veterinarian is you, you're there to address all of that. And that has to, that has to, that's an invaluable service for me as a veterinarian, but that has to be one of the things that are so fulfilling for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's really being able to use your skills, both, um, you know, in the realm of, you know, emotional suffering, and then also skills associated with uh, providing really proper end of life, you know, pain management and things like that. And to bring the two together and make a huge difference mm -hmm. in those families lives. It's always good to hear, you know, although the situation was so sad and so traumatic, you really helped us make the best of it. And, and you know, uh, we, we feel really good about our decision. We're so glad you came and helped. We feel so much better about it. Yeah, gosh. You know where my brain goes is, when can we get this incorporated into veterinary curriculum, you know, to vet school curricula around the world to be able to teach young veterinarians, at least conceptually, what can be available with practices like yours and by just starting the conversation of of this missing piece of viable functional and uh very appropriate and necessary hospice care and palliative care as well as adequate pain management all conversations that i think will and should be coming to the next generation of future veterinarians that would be in just an incredible gift for 
quality of life for our patients, but also evolution of our profession. Yeah. So I have good news is we're already in that realm. We're already providing, uh, you know, education at the vet student level. Um, You know, I am currently uh, the regional medical director of Blue Pearl Pet Hospice here in Houston. I oversee the operations in this area. And um, so we're working on partnering with the universities and um, bringing in externs and interns into our program. So good. Yeah. Right. To provide that part of the curriculum. And would you say also, Christine, that Blue Pearl in general, like as a, as a organization are across the board, are Blue Pearl facilities across North America also starting to incorporate this information? Yes. And so, yeah, the goal is to get it at that level and have somebody with the resources be able to um, make it, make us bigger, better, stronger, and serving more people. Really fantastic. What is most fulfilling? Now, of course, people listening to this, especially non-veterinarians are going to say, my goodness, um, it's a sad thing. And of course, death is overwhelmingly devastating, Mm -hmm. but death can be done very well and it can be done very poorly. And you're committed to helping animals die well. And that is the best gift we can give the animal, of course, but also the family members. What is, what is, what gets you up in the morning and makes you feel like you're providing the very best services to your clients and patient? What motivates you to want to continue this passion? Yeah. The real motivation is the, you know, you're making a huge difference in a a pet owner's life and the pet themselves and that you're able to manage suffering, uh, both emotional and physical, spiritual, mental suffering. You're a, you have the skills and you're able to help many, many families with pets in this position and to just get the satisfaction of really being able to guide these families very well through the process. And of course, the tons of uh, cards that we receive from families afterward, just thanking us for everything that we did for them. It's amazing. And so we really keep those cards close. Um, you know, our, our whole team is involved from <coughs> technicians, DVMs, they, from the time they call our facility, that's when they're getting that engagement and they get it from that start all the way through the end. And so it's a superb experience from A to Z. And so to be able to provide this awesome. Just amazing. And so necessary Uh, for many people, their pets are the most valuable members of their family. And so to have human level hospice care with pain management, the emotional support available, it literally is a, it's a priceless gift that you're offering. If you could let the world know one thing about end of life care or hospice care, what would it be? It is never too early to start to inquire about better pain management, palliative care, and hospice care. We often go into homes and they will say, I wish I talked to you two months ago. I wish I engaged with you a year ago because this all this past time could have been so much better than it was, right? Um, And there's just, everyone has limitations in that, but yeah, never be afraid to contact, you know, and if that's a text message to the service, if that is an email to the service, if you don't want to call, 
just getting that information earlier than, than you anticipate is going to make a huge difference. And Christine, does do you offer consultation, like telemedicine consultations or no? Is Are we not there yet where people need, if they wanted to just learn more or or begin the conversation and maybe their veterinarian is not equipped, doesn't offer these services. Is that something that your facility does or not quite yet? Yes, we do. Um, We engage in quality of life telehealth and that's super important. And so we'll be able to connect with pet owners all over the country uh, virtually to help them with some general direction and decision-making and uh, you know, and we utilize those things to then enter the proper relationship you have to, you know, be able to diagnose and treat. And that's a really great segue is that virtual component of it. Yeah. And I would just have to say that as a, if anyone is listening or watching this interview, and if you, if you begin thinking, I wonder if I'm managing my animal's pain adequately, I'm nervous about end of life. I'm having anxiety about the, the last chapter of my animal's life. It's a beautiful opportunity to begin the conversation with a qualified professional that literally has expertise in this area to be able to guide you through this process by learning more. The best, the best suggestion I can make as a general practitioner is if you're having any type of stress as an owner or guardian about these decisions, talking about it with someone who is incredibly well qualified, but also has enough experience to be able to meet you where you're at is the first step of relaxing into how you can become an empowered advocate to take the best care of your animal in this last chapter. But part of that is beginning the conversation. So I love the fact that you're encouraging people to do that sooner rather than later. So Dr. Cornelius, if people wanted to learn more or have a conversation or or be able to, to set up an appointment virtually with a team member, where would they find you? So um, our, our website is uh, pethospice.bluepearlvet.com, and you can uh, join the community there. Um, there's a lot of resources available. Um, get your initial information. There's ways that you can schedule consultations and appointments with us to begin with. Uh, and so it's uh, a really good segue into uh, guiding owners on where their journey is starting and what it's mm-hmm. going to look like long term. Yeah, I also uh, appreciate the fact that that educational component. I think sometimes it's just the fear of the unknown that grasps owners, and they just can't take another step because they're so fearful that they're going to hear or experience or do something that is going to be wrong. So just even reading the information on the website or having an initial consultation to be able to ask questions that they have fears or apprehensions about is a great way to crack the door in an owner's making good decisions so that they don't have regrets. For me, the best way we can help our clients not have regrets is to make sure that we're saying to them, listen, what are you thinking? And how can I help you with fears or anxieties or questions that you may have? And what you're doing is you're offering that on a very large platform and getting a conversation started nationally that is not only much needed, but that our our clients are desperate for. So I love that this is your passion. I love that 
Susan nominated you for a Game Changer Award. And I am so thankful that you have made it your mission to not just take care of the animals and patients in your area, but that you are extending that reach not only to the next generation of veterinarians, but to guardians nationwide looking for answers and support uh, where they may not have that locally. So I'm so thankful that this is your passion and it's been wonderful to be able to learn more about this today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much.